Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to another episode of Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. Your host, Aaron Curran, is here next to me. I'm Peter Tragos. I'll be with you most of the time. Who do we have with us today, Aaron? Peter's feeling a little salty today, a little salty. I happened to record a podcast without him that probably will never make it to air, but he's still salty. Um, Look, here's the deal. The decision lies before all Christians. It's hotly contested across evangelicalism in our day. And that question is, should believers wield firearms to protect uh, their families, uh, their livelihood, their possessions, their lives, or should they refuse firearms as an act of service, love, and even missiology uh, in an effort to reach people with the gospel, people who, in killing them, would would most likely die apart from Christ um, by killing them in defense of yourself. So that is the question that we're set up with today. Uh, pastors and scholars and Christians debated all over the place. And here to help us answer that question today, we have a couple friends on the podcast, backed by popular demand, no stranger to the podcast. Not at all. We have Deshaun Boogie Cousins. Thank you, thank you, and, thank uh, you. Two nights ago, Deshaun and I actually laced them up for the first <laughs> time and hit the hardwood, actually the concrete the basketball concrete. court. Not the same. And, uh, and yesterday, everybody was like, how are you feeling, man? And I'm like, dude, I'm good. And I forgot that it takes about 36 hours. Oh, that's and today, <laughs> I'm suffering. But oh. awesome to have you here, Boogie. Appreciate it. Always appreciate it. We also have here on the podcast, Jim Jones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we got uh, Joshua Animal Mother, Animal Mother Michael. Uh, so uh, you, can check out, you can check out his social media if it hasn't been banned yet by the U.S. government. Um, for, Two first uh, his, names always a crime. His leader. display so of three first firearms. Names. But, uh, three first names. And he is a Marine. Yes. And we thank you for your service legitimately. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Of course. Should Christians own and use guns? That is the topic at hand. So, Peter, take there's, it away, man. There's so much with this, right? So, the way that Aaron set it up is where we'll start, I guess. But there's other questions I think we should have for Christians wrestling with this topic as a whole, right? So, I assume he's taking shots at John Piper as he likes to do with the way he set up this topic. Only, only because you're should here. we should we have guns for protection or should we not do anything if intruders try to rape our daughters and mothers? Right. So that's how he sets it up. It's so if that's how we're going to start. If that's how we're going to start, let's go ahead and start. We'll start with Josh the Marine. If anybody's going to guess about what what his position is going to be on this, but so let's talk about it, right? And we'll start with for our protection. You can do home protection. You can do carry conceal. Whatever angle you want to go. What do you feel like is the correct um, decision for Christians and why to handle the gun situation? Uh, I think it's important that Christians uh, make sure that they are prepared and ready to defend their house. I mean, there's scripture that backs that up that I've uh, gone looking into and, you know, there's ways. And I think that's the cool thing about the Bible is that there's nuance between certain things that keep us making podcasts and keep us talking about things instead of it being so rigid and black and white on everything that we see. But, you know, you look at 1 Timothy 5, 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever, right? So provision would be— And from be, that, you get 
protection. We should have guns and kill people that come into our house. Um, no, I mean, so in that theory, I mean, I think a lot of people like think that I'm a guy that's going to be, you know, jumping at the gill to like meet an intruder at my door. Um, and you are. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, just ready and I mean, willing. That's all. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have the experience or have been around experienced people that are sure. have taken life. Right. Mm-hmm. So and to know what that is and to understand that is a very um, it's a very serious matter. You know, I don't I don't advocate for people like especially when I see like that we call them boomers, obviously, or in the gun community call them FUDs. You know what I mean? It's like the old guy that's at the range and he's like i only shoot 30 odd six because i you know and it's I have like no idea what you're talking okay about. <laughs> it's just no like idea. a common hunting rifle right okay. like I, I only use bolt action you know it just so we call them fuds like you know uh fud elmer fud from yeah. you mm-hmm. know the cartoons now now i'm back I'm okay back. all right so we call them fuds like they just like got the hats and everything like that they're at the range and they're like no you can't shoot more than two shots per two seconds or something like that so basically their mantra always is, and you'll see it on social media, like, oh, you know, I can't wait for an intruder to come into my house, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, I think that's indicative of people that actually haven't taken life or know what that costs or sure. has seen death much in their life. Um, so I don't jump at the gills to take life. I don't think that that's an opportunity or a cool opportunity to do. I like, you know, having my stuff and I like, you know, kidding out. And I also like to go shoot at the range. Like, I enjoy that. I think for someone to take a rifle or a gun into their house, it's a very serious matter. It's not something that, you know, it should be necessarily taken lightly. But I also believe in the fact that if that is a route that you go, that it is something that you've talked through and then also are training your family members in your household to understand. So that's kind of my point mm-hmm. there. All right, Boogie, what do you think? Say a question one more time. What do you think about just guns generally, but more importantly, for home protection or personal protection or protecting your family members or your friends, like where do you land on the topic of should Christians, like would we advise that you should go out and buy a gun, learn how to use it, be ready if someone comes into your house to shoot to kill, to protect your family? So I'll start from the beginning with your first one. Should we have them? I do not believe that we should have them. Um, I understand that people do. I'm not even opposed to somebody going to the gun range. But I think there is a better There's way. Nothing apparently. Uh, so no, that's okay. That's an open. That's a should. I'll tell you. No, he's just like, he doesn't want to in the home. For it's in better the home. to have a friend with a bow. I'm just saying. No, 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 can no, take no, his no. slingshot to the so, range. It's uh, good, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, All right. So let's 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 hear. If the question is should, I would say that we should not own guns within our home. My reasoning, particularly for believers, and we'll get into when we look at some passages of scripture, but my reasoning for that is I think we need to think about a better way. And so if our goal is to be not just peacekeepers or not to just keep things going, but rather to be peacemakers. I think there's a better way to go about that than having a gun because I believe a gun alters the way that you think, the way that you approach people and puts you in a thought process that though you may not say, okay, I'm trying to wait for somebody to come so I can shoot them up. But that thought process is I do have this gun. I have the ability to kill someone. And more times than not, the person who's in a high pressure situation is not going to be able to just wound they're going to most likely kill that person or hurt somebody else or something along that lines. We can get to a lot more of those, but that would be my basis. I do not believe that we should. If you have a gun in your house or on your person and use it in a situation, the chances that somebody gets seriously injured or killed goes up exponentially. I, right? I, believe I think so. we all agree yeah. on that. So you think the better option is to just not have a gun in your house or on your person. Yeah. And we can get into some reasons why in that. All right, Aaron. I think, uh, I think it's a civic 
privilege to own a gun. Um, I a privilege. Yeah, it's a it's a not a right. It's a privilege. Well, it is, it is a right, but I think okay. it goes beyond that. Usually, there's a difference between a privilege and a yeah, right. Yeah, I'm saying I think it goes beyond a right. I think it's there's there's a privilege. I think it's a civic responsibility. I think the founders saw it that way, and, and they were guided by Judeo-Christian principles that we have a right to protect our home from intruders, including um, the government itself. So there is a civic responsibility that we have to be armed. Washington said that guns are the people's teeth. In the face of the government, it's the only way we can bite. Without them, we can't bite back. We can't defend our rights that are ours. And so I think there's a there's a civic privilege that comes that we can own these guns. Um, I think biblically, I agree with Josh Michael, that provision for my family goes beyond food on the table and clothes on their back and a roof over their head. I think that's part of it. I need to provide that. But I think First uh, Peter 3 makes it really clear. I better provide protection from my wife. She is biblically, a lot, of, a lot of people in our day would not like this phraseology, but it's biblical. She's the weaker vessel. She needs to be safeguarded emotionally and spiritually, um, as Paul would argue in Ephesians 5, and physically from all the ills of this world. Would we all love to live in a utopian world where there's constant peace and there's no threat of – you wouldn't need guns in that state. They didn't mm-hmm. need guns in Eden before the fall. But now we do to protect. Should we meet somebody at the door wanting to take their life? No. I mean, my advice to my wife has been, if somebody breaks in the house, lock yourself in a bedroom with the kids, with a gun. Let them take whatever they want from our house. It's just stuff. I don't take – taking life is not something to ever be – approach flippantly or haphazardly, as Josh Michael said. But at the same time, I always tell her, if somebody comes in that room with you and my kids who I'm called to protect and you're called to protect, then it's different. Um, Exodus chapter 22, verses 2 and 3. And I know this is Old Testament. It's Old Testament, but hey, it's still the word of God. And uh, it practically applies that if someone, it literally states, if someone breaks in and the idea is you do not know their intentions, it talks about darkness and light there. If you do not know their intentions, you have the right to defend yourself. And if you kill them, you are not culpable before the Lord. You are innocent. You're blameless before the Lord in defending your family, defending your home turf there. Also, Proverbs 25, 26 talks about if the godly give in to the wicked, Mm -hmm. it is like polluting a spring. That would be in a civic realm. If the godly give in to the wicked governmentally, and if the godly give in to the wicked personally or individually. And so for all of those reasons, look, if somebody like Deshaun or John Piper, who actually did a follow-up video because of all the flack he received from that first one. But if somebody says, hey, I I personally feel convicted in my conscience. I do not want to own a gun. I would mm-hmm. never want to take life. I'd rather them take my life. And not to be like cruel or harsh, but you're basically you're saying, and I would rather them take and potentially abuse and even kill my little ones, my wife, my children, because I am that much set against taking somebody's life with a firearm, then that is, they, they that's are. not where it ends. I'm, so I'm so saying, that's my what, biggest beef with the way everybody couches John Piper's statement is they always end it right there. That's okay. not where he ends the statement. Okay. What I'm saying is okay. if somebody has that conviction and they're fully convinced before the Lord, then that's fine. Like they can, they, they have to stand before their master. However, I think there is plenty of just cause provided for us in scripture from these references and others that give us liberty to, and actually a civic responsibility to rise up and protect our families. Do you mind before we continue, I just want to touch on that verse. So you did touch on the first part of the verse, but the second in verse three, it says, but if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. And so basically we just think in early Jewish times where 
at night, they're not going to have as much lighting as we would have in our home. And so, like you said, they can't see. They accidentally kill him for whatever when they struck him. But if they can see him, if there's an awareness, there would be blood guilt upon them. And so my thing with that whole situation is, one, they didn't have guns. They didn't have firearms like we do have today. More of striking and it may have hurt him too hard or whatever. It was accidentally lethal. But more times than not, when people speak at least this topic about having guns, they're trying to shoot to kill. And so I think that intent of, I want to kill this person because they broke into my home. I don't like them. Whatever kind of malice that comes out, that's why I would say the problem does lie in. And that would be more in that realm of the second part of, they have an awareness, they can see them, they're aware of the situation going on. I mean, you're also talking about just guns as used as a, like a weapon saying that a firearm is going to cause, be more le- lethal which typically with that's not actually the case and more deaths are actually caused usually using blunt objects. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, having a gun is irrelevant. It's a tool at a certain point. I disagree. So there's a couple reasons why I disagree with that. But first, let's start with there's going to be biblical law that I think lines up with what's legal and illegal in our society because so much of law came from the Bible, right? Originally, especially moral law like self-defense, or manslaughter, or accidental killing versus premeditated first degree murder, right? So that's a lot of what, you know, like those things that you're talking about is what is your intent? What are you trying to do? Do you not have the blood on your hands? Are you going to jail nowadays is mm-hmm. kind of the correlation, right? So there's going to be that kind of description. Second, Piper finishes the statement by saying, I feel like my choice comes down to, do I shoot and kill this person that I'm pretty sure is going to go to hell? Or do I do everything else I can to prevent the wrongdoing to myself and my family but for kill them. Okay. That's what he says. He doesn't just say, I'm, I'm laying down on the floor and arms wide open. Kill me. If you must, here's my wife and kids take them. That's not what he says at all. And that's what people like to make it seem like he's saying. That's not what he says at all. He's just saying, I don't want a gun in my house. So if that happens, I'm not trying to shoot them. And where I disagree with you, not with your numbers, because I'm sure you're right about which causes more death. But if somebody is coming in my house and I don't know what's happening, or I don't know if they're a drug addict who's just kind of mentally insane or whatever it may be, and they're trying to steal something or steal money and they don't have a weapon on them, if I have a a bat and I'm in my room locked, like Aaron said, with my kids and my wife behind me with that bat, I'm not killing him until he's coming after us. If I have a gun, it's a lot easier for me to kill him from further back, not knowing what's happening, but just, I don't want to deal with it. He's in my house. I have a right to shoot him. That's why I think it creates more opportunity for needless death is what I'll call it. Yeah. I mean, so you got to think about this too. So when somebody's walking into your house, like think of the act of shooting somebody, right? If you shoot to kill and if somebody, and you can know within, you know, 15 feet, 10 feet, five feet, you know, what's going on. Right. So at that point, if you're charging me, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to dispatch them to the next realm. You know what I mean? So, but the reality is, is that if you have a blunt object, that is far more egregious and violent than shooting somebody right you're literally caving somebody's know. skull in i mean that's i don't know if i feel any I mean? worse about one than the other i've never done either yeah i mean but, but i don't i don't feel like i would feel oh that wasn't that big of a deal if i blew someone's yeah. heads off with a gun versus like beat it in with a baseball bat well, yeah. i mean one is far more violent i'll take your you word that. for yeah, it yeah, but I mean, what i'm saying is i feel like if they're getting close enough charging me that i can hit them with a baseball bat i'm a lot more sure they were going to do damage than if i shoot them when they're at my door and I'm up the stairs or whatever. Yeah. And you also have to take into account somebody's coming at you with a knife. I mean, they can lunge fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's well, a not, whole. None of us are arguing that there's yeah. not an opportunity for us to die in this situation. Yeah. Like, well, we I, realize I that. that. It's just yeah. as Christians, what should our thought process be? I would be, right? like to give myself, and when I'm not home, because I'm gone on mission trips or conferences or out 
late on Wednesdays and Thursdays doing ministry work. And if somebody breaks in my house, I would like to give myself, or if I'm not there, my wife, the best opportunity possible to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. A pipe or a candlestick or a rope, to use the clue weaponry, <laughs> um, <laughs> is not going to provide my wife the best opportunity to defend herself. Um, the best to defend herself is our Mossberg 500 shotgun that I say sit in the room and hey, somebody, I, I take the position and I think it's, I think it is a wisdom issue for Christians of, I'm not going to go looking for them in my house. I don't care if they want to take uh, our China or our silverware right, right. or money. I don't care. Like, and I don't think I personally wouldn't kill somebody over taking my possessions. I think it's wrong. And I would hope the police show up and deal with that. But if they're going to come in and take my four-year-old Evie away or my seven-year-old Spurgeon, my two-year-old Augustine or my wife, they're going to rape or abuse. If that could happen, I'm all, I'm all with Piper on hey, let's do everything we can to preserve life to a certain degree. I think I would just be more prepared. And I, in those moments where, hey, we're not trained tactically. We're not Josh Michael. We're not Mike Trill. We're not a police officer. Military. That's like one of the other yeah, things no. to me is it's like, yeah, the sure. This all makes that. sense in my head, but like, I'm probably not. I mean, I guess I don't know. You put me in that situation, but like, I almost feel like I'd be more apt to defend us better with a bat than with a well, gun that I have in my house. When we I took do. our defensive training, when we took our defensive training, every police officer, law enforcement officer I've talked to says same thing. In moments of stress, you always revert to your highest level of training, which is not much for us. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, that my training has, has been going to the range a few times and I have a concealed weapons permit and I have a couple of guns. And in that moment, I want it to be as simple as possible for my wife to access the firearm and to protect and defend my family who I'm responsible for protecting. And so for that, I would say to all, all those who would say, no, 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 you could get a blunt object or you could get a knife or you get ninja stars or whatever, you know, um, to me, I'm going, no, no, no. My wife is, doesn't know how to use that stuff. I don't know how to use that stuff. Somebody's in my home is going to be a high stress, high octane situation. I'm not going to go looking for them, but if they come looking for me and the thing I think uh, we've referenced Piper and so we could probably link that video, both those videos from Ask Pastor John. Love Piper, love what he's saying, love his heart for the lost, but at the same time, Piper is a huge believer, firm believer in the sovereignty of God, as am I. And if somebody comes into my house, I have to, for me, I have to, I've made the determination that the Lord who is sovereign over this situation has permitted, will to permit them to enter my home. And if, if they want to come into this room, if he, if he prevents them from entering this room, they can take my stuff. But if they're going to walk into this room, there's going to be consequence for that. There's, uh, there's to trust the Lord in that. And I think you were spot on when you said God's permitting however we want to look at it um, for that person to be there at that time. But my conclusion then comes different. So I would say that I don't think that means that we should kill them in that moment. But if God were so to permit that somebody does break his mom, that person is responsible for their own sin. They have to stand before the Lord on the judgment day. They don't put their faith and trust in Christ. But in that moment, I think the better way for us as believers is either A, one, try to be a peacemaker towards that person. And I know people may say, oh, this person's not thinking straight or whatever it may be. But I think if we can be creative and find different ways to reach them. And then at worst, if my life is taken or even, and I'll be completely honest, even if my family's life is taken, I think as I see in Job, who's able to accept that, listen, there's difficulty and hardship that will come to us. It would make me miserable to see my daughter die or to know that she died in that particular kind of way. But as Job says, can I not only take blessing from the Lord? Can I also take the difficulty and the struggles and the things that may come in that vein? But blessed still be the Lord that even if that is that what is permitted in his sovereign plan. And so that's why I take that approach of 
even if I'm placed in that situation, I know that the Lord will either, it's my time to go, it's my daughter's time to go, or my wife's time to go, um, whatever that man may be, but I'm going to strive to make peace with this person and ultimately my desire for that person to come to know the Lord. And I know it may be Sound idealistic or whatever, but, 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 but yeah. in reality, those are the two, <laughs> but, but those are the two conclusions. Which is why just saying I believe in the sovereignty of God doesn't mean you believe the same in all of life's situations, yeah. right? Because you two both believe in the sovereignty of God and both think it leads you to different conclusions, right? To yes. total opposite conclusions. So, Josh, let's talk about some of, so we'll, we can talk about Job, we can talk about in Romans, don't repay evil with evil, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Talk about that and how you feel in a defense situation or trying to prevent a wrong or evil to you and not responding with evil how do you take those biblical principles and apply them to kind of your position? So I don't think that it is right or biblical that we go out and seek revenge, right? So um, in, the, in the instance of the chaos of a, a robbery or, you know, an attack or anything like that, I mean, like you were saying, you know, you kind of rely on, to be honest with you, a lot of people don't know what, to, what they're going to do. There's a fight or flight that happens. Um, I don't know how you're going to talk to that person or try to talk them off a ledge. I mean, especially if they're coming after you. I've done it before. Yeah. I mean, if they're coming after you, like fist swinging, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, anyways, like if it's <laughs> like, hey, this is, this is, yeah. <laughs> if this is, <laughs> if this is an imminent danger, how do you react? Like, hey, because there, there's certain points in my life, um, especially the training that I do have of a um, how to uh, manage um, stress, right? So, Uh, forget the term, but it's, um, I guess, uh, like kind of like levels of stress environments, right? So um, basically, hey, if that person does this, you know, then I need to heighten my awareness or, and then there's like a no turning back point, right? So like I've done it at going out in my past, you know, where we, I don't go out looking for a fight. I don't go trying to go beat people up. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's right. But, you know, if there's a point at which I know and I can feel like, hey, man, we're just not going to have a conversation anymore. You know, what's that look like? You know, so it's, um, you know, I guess I get my butt kicked or I kick, you know, kick their butt or, you know, it's just because there is a point at which, you know, there's no talking them off a ledge. You know, it's just what's going to happen is going to unfold, you know, and then trying to figure out where you're going to fit in that environment, you know, so. I think that it's wise and I see biblically that you should take the precaution uh, to have your sword and to do the things that you need to do to protect yourself and then protect your flock. Because ultimately, I don't have a family like, I mean, I have, you know, obviously my immediate family, but I don't have like, you know, kids or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you guys go through or anything like that. But when it comes down to it. I see it as, you know, your family is your first flock, right? So how are you leading them and how do you protect them, right? So and I think that that comes with physical protection because you don't know like this uh, soul of- Physical protection to that level even. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like how how do you know your your child's soul yet? You know what I mean? If they haven't shown profession in Christ, right? So how are they, how are you going to, you know, then say, hey, you know, I, you know, I let that happen to that to my daughter or whoever it is, you know, especially at a certain age, you know, I I think that that's a wrongdoing too. I think the Bible talks about this a lot more than we've said so far. So Deshaun, do you have anything else biblically that, that mentions violence, vengeance, evil, repaying, what our actions should be fighting swords, weapons, whatever, not necessarily guns, but. So the Aaron already touched on the first one I was thinking about from Exodus 22, but there's another one that's normally come to, and it's from Luke 22, um, verses mm-hmm. 35 and 38. So in Luke 22, 
Jesus is coming closer towards the end of his life and we see he's getting prepared the disciples and it reads like this. So starting in verse 35, it says, and he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack mm-hmm. or sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. He said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag, take it and likewise a knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. So normally people stop right there, but it continues. For I tell you that the scriptures must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors for what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. So people think normally, all right, this is what he was speaking about. And he said to them, it is enough. Different people differ on this, but an understanding of some people think, all right, he's saying it's enough is that's all the swords that you need. But I believe he's saying is enough is that's not what he's talking about. He's not speaking of a literal sword. And why I say that is because when you come about 15 verses later on verse 51 of Luke 22, it says this. When Jesus speaking to Peter after cutting off the man's ear, he says, but Jesus said no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. And so if you look at some of the early church fathers and early theologians, they believe when Jesus disarmed Peter at that moment, that he disarmed the church of doing things by force, of doing things by the sword. And so I do take that position that, um, and I know we can get into a lot more of what that means, but I take that position that by force and by the sword should not be our way. Not saying that it can't happen. It's, you know, if in war, different kinds of things along that lines. But I think for us as believers, we should take a different way. So, so if an active shooter, he likes to, let's just talk real scenario really yeah. quick. Let's say an active shooter comes in here on Sunday morning, which has happened in numerous churches around America. Active shooter comes in. They're spraying bullets. Would you prefer Josh Michael? I, I'm just asking. Just, I would prefer Josh Michael but one put of them. them down. Yes, like, like, yes 100% to, to preserve yes. all of our children, Correct. all of our children. They're walking through the children's wing. Yeah, what, what would your preference here. be in that, in that situation? My preference would be for the people who are trained, which would go back to our original when he was bringing up the police and government, where if you have somebody who is security or something along that lines, which a lot of churches do, that them being able to do something like that. Would I, pref- I would prefer for him not to get shot, but I completely understand in that particular situation, if somebody is trained and positioned in that as a security to be able to perform that. What if they're Absolutely. not? What if they're just a concealed weapons carry permit? Somebody just pops up and wants like, to shoot? Like, like somebody, somebody in our foyer who's sitting out there, let's say a band member, and they've got their concealed weapon, and somebody comes in armed to the teeth, and, and our, our, let's say, band member just hops up, not, tra- not trained security, not an officer, and goes, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? And the guy turns his gun on them, mm-hmm. and our band member puts them down. Let's just say that happens. Is that okay? What, what is the like, answer? I think that's a horrible situation. I think it's, it's terrible. He's not going to go to jail. Is that what you're at? Like, what are you asking? Like, is that what all Christians should be prepared for? So should we all carry concealed in case that comes upon we, us? I think we live, no. we live in a broken, depraved, very sinful crazed, world. sinful, right. broken world. Mm-hmm. There's been numerous times after the Capitol riot was one of those where the next Sunday we were kind of on high alert here, or when Trump lost the election, we're on high alert here. You never like people are demented and crazed and strung out on drugs and full of vengeance. And yes, no one wants to think about that. And we pray to God that day never happens, but it does happen in many contexts. What I, what I have heard not being in law enforcement or military is when the moment arises, like the, the reaction time is a fraction of a second. Yeah, and absolutely. if there's all these thoughts racing through your mind of what do I do now? How do I talk this person down from what I've heard from them? You're dead. Like mm-hmm. you're just dead in that moment. If you don't take immediate, if you're not mentally prepared ahead of time for that, and I would want to be prepared to safeguard the children of our church, to safeguard my family. Um, and But you're not just saying you are. You guys are saying all Christians should take that position. 
get carry concealed, be trained, be able to shoot an active shooter. That's what the Bible is telling us. Well, so going back, I think that kind of harkens back to what he was saying with um, Peter when Jesus says, you know, those who live by the sword die by the sword. So I think that kind of goes back to like the whole FUD thing, right? The people that are, there's people that are itch for violence, right? They do. You know what I mean? And I think that you'll find like people that actually have experience of violence don't itch, itch for violence, right? So I don't wake up in the morning or I don't like sit here and like wish that somebody walks in here, right? So I don't think that because I have guns, because I have armor, because I have this and that, I don't live by the sword in a sense that I'm looking for that. You know what I mean? Because I think that's a real thing that people actually do. So when he's talking about those that live by the sword, die by the sword, I don't necessarily think that he's saying he's disarming the church. I think he's saying, hey, man, like that's a way of life that people actually do lead that they're like, hey, I just look for violence. I look for this and I look for that. If you notice, Peter had a sword. So, you know, why would he have a sword? to stab dragons, I guess. I don't, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's one of those. Sure, like one of the 12 close to Jesus. I, I, yeah. I think, I think he didn't disarm. He I didn't think it disarm is important Peter and, to, to talk about Luke 22 in, in reference to what Deshaun said, because I love, I love Boogie and I love his viewpoints. I would say that that's a misinterpretation of, it seems clear when Jesus says, if you do not have a sword, go sell something that you own and buy one. There's, there's little interpretation that should be granted other than for the the defense of oneself, defense of one's life. Now, two swords, or additionally, it would seem like a prohibition against needless vengeance or violence, mm-hmm. or building so, up an arsenal. Yes, or, yeah, <laughs> whatever however you want to say it. But <laughs> but but there doesn't need to be senseless violence that is going on. And most uh, that I have I've looked at are modern and ancient, because during the Reformation there was a lot of picking up and defending. As a matter of fact, the reformers, and I think this is worth mentioning because it's reformers drew from three biblical principles of understanding what we should do. And the first was this idea of warning, the the idea of what they would call prophetic opposition to somebody trying to be a peacekeeper, trying to talk. Now, they said this in the civil realm with governing authorities or with the church of that day, as well as in the personal realm. So you try to talk them down. You try to be a peacemaker, if at all possible. Then you flee. You run from the government. You run to, to another place. But the final one is, is that you actually do take up your defensive arms. That's the um, founders of our country and the war for independence. That was their motto. We are not aggressively pursuing the British. We are being pursued upon. We are being, that they are the aggressors and we are defending our lives. We're defending our family. We're defending our property. And as a matter of fact, when you say the war for independence, that eight-year campaign, there was only one semi-skirmish where the, where the Continental Army was on the offensive. And I would say that even within the defense of that, their defense of their nation, their way of life and their, uh, you know, their faith. Right. So within that defense, there is offense. Right. So, you know, they're defending themselves. And then sometimes that is through an offensive means. So going back to what you were talking about with um, go buy a sword, you know, if you sell your cloak, buy a sword. He's talking about two very real things. And then basically what it seems like you're trying to say is that that was the sword then becomes a metaphor or, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what it seems like to me. Yeah, I believe he does say it is enough in saying so that it's like, he's not, he's not. So he's talking about two things that are real and then one metaphorical one. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? So what about just the life of Jesus? Right. Like, what do you think that is an example as far as how we should act in Defending the gospel in physical defense and force and weaponry, whatever. 
So I want to touch on that because you used a hypothetical of somebody comes in with a gun. That may be theoretical for the majority. I'm not saying every single church experience, but the majority of churches are not being ambushed every Sunday. But there are legit churches that are persecuted, particularly in China. And there's one um, called Early Rain Covenant Church that through some affiliations, knew about them, was praying for them. And so I use them as an example because it wasn't theoretical for them. They were being arrested. The mother, the father, the pastor, the whole entire thing's being shut down, arrested. They're put in jail. Their response, it wasn't to respond back with violence. Mm -hmm. It was to understand there was persecution from, they accepted it from the hand of the Lord. Some people traded them, some stood strong, but their witness which spread to from even for me to know that for here was that even in the midst of persecution, their lives being taken, being put in jail, that they were not going to respond with violence, but rather to continue to speak the word of the Lord, to speak against what was going on. That's fine. But what about Paul and Jesus? That's kind of where my, I mean, I have a gun in my house, which we've talked about. I don't know if it was on or off air, but, but like at the same time, I feel like it would have to be an absolute last resort. Like the Bible, I think gives us way more examples of you will be persecuted. You will have trials and tribulations. You will be wrongfully accused of things and even arrested like Paul and Jesus were thrown in jail wrongfully. Look, throughout throughout history and even modern day, you can find churches all around the world who are taking more of the approach that Deshaun's talking about. And hey, I love the fact that they're saying, I count it worthy to suffer for Christ. Like, I love that. That's great. You have uh, one, of, one of my favorite missionary stories in 1965 in Ecuador with Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and the five men who were speared to death who had it guns. They were armed, and yet they fired the guns over their heads to try to frighten the Aka and, uh, warriors there And as spears were thrust to their chest. Look, I applaud them. And look, look what God did in response to that. He, he brought a revival to the Aka Indians. Many of those, those men who actually massacred Just those where missionaries. Just land on the sovereignty of God. Okay. So we do believe in the sovereignty of God. However, if Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and, and, and the other missionaries there who were speared to death had turned those rifles on the Indians and had killed them, I don't think that they would have been at fault. I think it's very clear that they would biblically be defended. And you can also find throughout history and modern day, many counts of churches actually rising up in defense, like physical defense. And that doesn't make one right and one bad. We can't take examples from modern day or history yeah, and I don't say, necessarily this is how it always has right. to I don't be. Think, I agree so, with that. But like yeah. going into that, like, you know, I think that within the 21st century or 2021, 2020, like we've seen a death of nuance, right? So like there's got to be some sort All of nuance. Nothing. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you either take this stance or you take that stance and that's it, right? So I actually like, I don't think that Deshaun's wrong in deciding not to have guns. That's a thing that he's put mm-hmm. in front of himself. Now he's got to then live with me and the reality <laughs> that I had to kill on his behalf. You know what I mean? So I'll never let him live it down. <laughs> no, uh, but the thing is, is, those Christians over in China that are getting persecuted against, or if you're a missionary, I wouldn't, because I was about to go to South Sudan for a while, and that's a hotly contested area, they're very kinetic. And so when I'm going over there, I'm not bringing a gun. You know, I might bring body armor, but I have no intent to do an offensive, like, you know, or even defensive. Because if it means like, hey, the pretense is me dying for the Lord, then I understand that. You no, know, look at like um, the shooting in Denver forever ago, the, uh, Columbine shooting. Columbine shooting, right? Now, if I'm armed, right, and somebody said, hey, do you believe in God? And I, like the question is a loaded question saying, hey, I believe in God, yes, and I die, or like, you know, I say Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I'm probably going to put my gun down and let him shoot me in the head. You know what I mean? Because that's like, hey, that's showing 
that, you know, Christ first, right? That that guy now has to live with that reality that he killed a Christian. Hopefully that sits on his head and his conscience and he comes to the Lord, right? So, but if I have no idea or pretext beforehand, somebody's just coming un- wildly and unwieldy toward me, then, hey, listen, like time for conversation is over. You know what I mean? Like it's already long past. Like we, I have to make a decision now. And the other aspect too is like with governments, right? So how do we handle that? So in my mind or mode of thought here in America, we have the constitution that literally tells us, hey, we get to defend our rights, our freedoms and everything else in between. That's a legal thing, right? So we're legally allowed to do that. Obviously, they would love to try and not make that legal because, you know, all governments become authoritarian over time, usually it seems. So how do we navigate those waters? To be honest with you, I, I like I will say that I'm kind of clueless on that because I don't know what stance I would take. Do I take the stance of, hey, I'm going to actually stand up and protect this place and like we're going to, you know, force an offensive or whatever it may be. You know, I'm probably getting watched by the FBI now, <laughs> but, um, you know, so <laughs> no, but like you, you get what I mean, though, is like if they're going to be intrusive, we're afforded or we're given the right to push back against the American government here. And that's the beauty of America. And I think it can be a big different distinction, like, because I don't think your politics, I don't think political party has to demand everything that you believe party no, line, I agree. right? Yeah. But I do think that for Christians, it's a different question of, should we bear arms? Should we have a gun in the house for home protection? Should we shoot to kill in self-defense? Versus should the government take that right away from us to make that decision? Because I kind of think where we all four landed is, and just for the edification of the listener who's trying to follow what we're saying, we all think that you should look to the Bible, look to the examples we have, look to other churches and Christians and what they're doing, and make the decision you feel is founded in biblical truth, right? Mm -hmm. And while we can believe in the sovereignty of God, We can believe in the culpability of man and we can believe in that we have to make the right decisions, right? And we have to weigh protecting our family, protecting ourselves. We have to weigh thinking about the souls, which is a question I wanted to ask and didn't get to is, do we not think about the souls of criminals and the worst of the worst people in the world the way that we should? We have to weigh that and thinking about somebody that's probably not a Christian, we're going to send them straight to hell if you want to think it that way. But there's also the sovereignty of God aspect of it, right? It's all these things going around, but we think that you have to think about it and make your decision and plan accordingly based on what your decision is and be well-grounded in your decision. I mean, Aaron and Josh may think there's a bright line rule, but I think that it's a more of a gray area than most Christians and most people on a certain political party may see. I, I would not say that it's sin to not own a firearm to protect your family. I wouldn't say it's sin. I wouldn't go that far. Even though Jesus says clearly, it's a command from the mouth of Jesus, sell your stuff and buy a weapon. Almost all scholars would presume it's for defense, for defensive reasons. But it's to protect the gospel uh, preaching. It's not necessarily to protect somebody from robbing your house. But it's to protect your life as you journey about from the highwaymen that would jump out and try to to take your life because you are an ambassador for Christ as we are in our day. And so that's going to prevent you from living life and proclaiming the gospel. My whole thing is, I'm not saying that it's a sin in that, just like I hope that we wouldn't take it as a universal prohibition when Jesus says, put down your sword to Peter, mm-hmm. as if that applies to all Christians no, everywhere. No, no. I'm saying. I don't think there's any prohibition in the Bible to owning a weapon for self-defense. I think there are so many people like what you're talking about. I don't know if it's the FUDs or whoever else in your group, <laughs> but like a ton of them, I think 
take it way too far and yeah, are way yeah. too Agreed. cowboy about it mm-hmm. sure. and give a bad name to trying to protect yourself, home protection, especially if you don't have training. Like it's different if you have cops or military guys or whatever. I mean, but you, like just a group of guys because now we can just buy whatever guns we want and act like big shots and tough guys. Like well, that's, that's not how Christians should act. Well, I don't know. See, I disagree with that because you also have the sporting aspect of rifles, right? So like I want a bunch of guns because guess what? I like them just like you like probably cars or somebody here. Golf clubs. Golf clubs, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't use, I, don't, I wouldn't buy those. I have guns that are absolutely stupid and I would never use in a real world environment, right? So I have like a gigantic gold desert eagle. The thing's like a foot long. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't put that anywhere. I can't carry that anywhere. It's cool though. You know what I mean? Sure, I think that's different. Yeah, right. I think that's different. You. But I, that's not so, like a, I'm a tough guy. I have all these big guns. Like no. And so you better be uh, scared. You of haven't me. seen his social media. Is that what he does? I'm not trying to embarrass no, yeah. you. So like, I was not trying to no, go that between, route. Between between like you know my friends and everything like that, we okay. got a, quite. A, we do have an arsenal, but okay. you know I mean. But you'll notice. Well, then if like, something with, actually yeah. happens, I'll call you because well, I don't. Well, no. So. See, you had time to prepare, and so <laughs> you know now you get the sovereignty of God. So, <laughs> so. it's fine with me, baby. I know where I'm going. <laughs> Take no. me home. <laughs> no, yeah. but I do agree that there is sovereignty in all situations. But I don't think that it's right or it's a cool thing, like you were saying, for somebody to sit there and say, "Oh man, like somebody comes into my house, I'm going to shoot him." Like I don't sympathize with you i don't like think that that's cool and the tough guy attitude about it is so like ridiculous to me and i, I like i just I don't usually like, the, like smile let him come away. into my house and see what happens i don't like i'm not a proponent of that yeah no I know I think a lot of people are with that i'm not, I'm not trying I think to say that either like, at all i'm like that's yeah. like the exact exact opposite angle to what piper's trying to say we should not be like come into my house and death because and, my stuff and my family comes before anything else, including your soul and including Jesus and including whatever else. And that's what because I think. You've come across my manhood. Yeah. You've crossed my but, door. But, I'm going to show you what a mistake that was. But, that's, that's wrong. But that's what opinion. I think. And living you, by you the sword. You should But I do think without being a Rambo, mm-hmm. the souls of my kids are more important to me than the soul of some dude who just walked in my house. I'm just going to say it. I think that's the call of First Peter 3. I think it's the call of the passage that Josh brought up. I think I am called primarily, first and foremost, I, anybody would argue, I think almost all my pastor friends would say that your ministry primarily is first and foremost to your family and mm-hmm. secondarily to your church. Yes. Yeah. What, what they're saying there is, what we are literally saying is that the souls of my kids come first, souls of my wife and souls of my kids come first, and then the souls of those I'm ministering to. So when somebody comes into my house, I do care about their soul. I want to do everything in my power to preserve that life. But for me... And this, this is where I would kind of land the plane today. If you're thinking through this, I think preparation over these things, like good meditation, thinking critically through this, like we said with everything, but going, what happens in the worst case scenario? What, what, would, what would I do? Would I fall at the feet of somebody who, who used a gun to, to put down an active shooter who saved the life of my children? Would I fall at their feet and say, thank you so much? Or would I be like, you shouldn't have done that? I think most of us would say, we'd, we'd thank them. Mm-hmm. Like We'd be like, thank you so much. Well, if we're going to thank them, what what is the reason that we're refusing to do that ourselves? I just think there's things we have to wade through here, like heavy things that we consider. We look at the scripture and then we ask ourselves like some of these tough questions. And if the conclusion is drawn, I will not own a gun. I will not take life even to preserve the life of children, wife, church members, myself, property, whatever. Then that is something before the Lord that we embrace. And we don't say, I don't say you're in sin for that. But I would I would advise toward really thinking deeply and critically over these issues. Agree. And I've remembered what the term was that I was trying to remember earlier. And it's ridiculous that I even forgot it because of who I am. But 
it's a uh, escalation of force. Like I think right. that it's a duty uh, that if you are going to be a protector for your family, um, that's where you decide, you know, and you have those high T cells, you know what I mean? You know, so. It's, it's, it's just a, an imperfect that's a shot at Deshaun, but no, I'm just, it's oh, no, an no, imperfect, no, imperfect, <laughs> imperfect uh, hypothetical situations that have way more variables than we could ever guess today is what make it difficult, right? Like if you know someone's going to kill your kid, that's a different situation than like 99% of home breakers. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I want to say one last thing. Let's give Deshaun the I last one. I want to say like one last thing fair. in it. <laughs> let's do it. Last so word. let me make sure I finish it up and wrap it up uh, with clarity. So what I'm not saying is that everybody that owns a gun is in sin. And my, nor am I saying that if somebody does end up actually killing somebody through the situations that you use. My thing is in that preparation of having Christians prepared for another way. So even if you are the person who says, you know what, I just cannot... Can't not have my gun with me. I have to have a gun on me. Of at least at bare minimum preparing your heart and mind that that will be a last resort. And that's that's more so I'm getting at. I don't think that's you guys, but the majority of people I talk to when it comes about guns, it's this is my first resort. This is when I'm, anybody comes, I'm 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 locked and loaded. I'm ready to shoot. You're talking to the wrong people, bro. But (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that's what I'm saying is, is thinking more deeply about this because for a lot of people, it's more based out of, all right, this is my right as an American versus what does the scriptures call us to? I'm not disagreeing with the protection, sure. but I'm saying sure. is the heart and attitude and mindset that we see displayed in Christ and his disciples, it was not by war, or by force, but it was much more through not just peacekeeping, but peacemaking. And that's what I'm, that's mainly what I'm getting at is having Christians think more deeply about that portion of what does the Lord yeah. call us to when it comes to these situations. And, and I appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I think you can be certain of what me and Josh Michael are going to get you for your birthday. This year, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> <A> slingshot. <laughs> All right. That's pretty much it for today. Hopefully you'll be able to wade through all of this and draw a biblical, critically thought through decision on this stuff. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.